it, it isn't just about anymore, and it never has been, but it's becoming popular and fashionable and acceptable to the point that it's almost a cliche to say that you have to have a purpose. And you always did have to have a purpose. And when I look at from, from the outside looking in, when I used to work in the banking and the finance world, 30 years ago, the way that we marketed even high street banking was to say, well, this is what we do. And welcome back to Series 2 of Smart Revolution, a podcast dedicated to oral health promotion with a mission to inspire dental hygienists, dental therapists and the dental profession in your career. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist, and the outstanding guest I have the pleasure of interviewing this week is Kevin Rose, who founded Rose & Co. in 2009 in order to help dentists encourage more people to go to the dentist. Kevin focuses on providing leadership and business development training for dental practices, in-house and also at courses through the UK. I have invited Kevin onto the show as he has such an in-depth knowledge about the dental profession, having worked with the dental profession for 10 years. Yet, from his background in banking finance, business development and marketing, he looks at things differently and sees what often we don't see as a profession that can support our profession to grow and ultimately support the public's oral health. On today's show, we take you on a journey of exploring things that could be contributing to the dental profession's relationship with the public. We touch on areas to explore that we could learn from, from other industries that could be utilised in dentistry to enhance the dental profession's relationship with the public to support a greater uptake of attendance. This podcast recording is for all dental hygienists, dental therapists and dental professionals who are continuously striving to do the best we can do to share what we do to allow this to resonate in the minds of the public to serve their oral health. Through listening to our conversation, I hope you learn, gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career paths, supporting oral health promotion to achieve oral health for all. But just before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Densply Serona, that make it possible to create this content for you as they share a vision to promote a lifetime of oral health around the world through driving prevention to empowering hygienists, dental therapists and the dental profession. As the partner and sponsor, they believe in the vision that sharing such content from our interviewees can advance us as a profession and stimulate change. This podcast is certainly thought-provoking, so please let us know what thoughts came to your mind from listening to the podcast. What can we change? 
So why don't you join me so you can channel these conversations further on my Smart Practice course on the 27th of March, 2020. This is for all Cavatron or other ultrasonic device users, where I will be teaching you everything about how to maximize on the use of a Cavatron for every patient to ensure you are getting the most out of it for every patient. We will also be doing a live podcast recording, so don't miss it. It is going to be an informative, dynamic day supporting your advancements in your career path. To find out more and take advantage of the incredible offer, visit www.densupplyserona.com forward slash revolution and scroll down to the event and enter our promo code SMILE5 for 50% off. to the Smile Revolution podcast. It is such an honour to have you on the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed by me. Thank you. Well, we've just been working out, we were just chatting, and we realise we've known each other about seven years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember flying. I was, car- I was living in Dubai at the time, and I flew in. And I remember getting multiple taxis from a station to a hotel in Oxford. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle much. of nowhere. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And I, I was presenting on direct access. Yes. Crikey, yes. Is that how long ago it is that that came a, became a thing? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Wow. And then we bumped into each other in Birmingham a couple of months ago. Yes, and and you 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 know just really wanted to um, catch up with what you were doing, and and this whole smile revolution thing had somehow passed me by, but now now it's very much on my radar. So um, so here we are. Well, I'm so happy. I'm so happy we bumped into each other, and I'm so happy to have you on the show. As you with in your position of what you're doing, it's so interesting. You get to work with so many dentists, uh-huh. and. From being an outsider, a non-dental professional, working, having worked with dentists for about 10 years now, with a background in business and finance and marketing, you have a different spin on how you look at our profession and what you can share and feed our profession with. And that is why I was so keen to have you on the show, to have a discussion about where we are today in dentistry and what you feel we as a dental profession could be focusing on more to reach the public and treat the public's oral health in a greater way. So Kevin, we've been talking quite a lot already Mm. Mm. and I know you've got your, your thoughts on what else we could be doing more of. So... Well, oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, before we begin, um, I just want to pick up on the, the previous podcast with, with, with Flo, Flo Cooper, um, which I, I listened to the other evening. And I thought it was brilliant, by the way. And if any of your listeners haven't yet listened to that one, um, I think it does sort of fit in quite well with where, our, where I think our conversation is going to go now although we don't really know where this conversation is going to go and that's what I love about it um and if if 
what what Flo's done is 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 very very quickly because you can sure you'll listen to it is it's probably one of the best introductions to one of the studies of human communication and behaviour. In this case, it's NLP. And it's one of the best introductions I've, I think I've heard into stuff that people can just practically do to, to, tomorrow morning, you know, without going on a, on, on a course or whatever. But I hope it also ignites some interest with people that have listened, listened to flow. Um, even for me, and I, I, I first got into or became aware of NLP probably 25 five years ago um and um i've gone on to 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 to, to the, the the um various qualifications pra practitioner master practitioner i've gone back and revisited it with various um various courses and it's led me down to study all sorts of areas to do with communication and read lots of books and all the rest of it and, yeah. and yet despite that listening to flow um the other night um um, th there was bits that she mentioned, which I think I'd sort of parked away in my un unconscious, and they were still there. I just forgot they were there, um, yeah. and they're probably the they're probably there working in the back, working away in the background. Sure. And um, and yeah, I thought it was really useful. And I think also what what flows pointing towards is is that when you when you take that kind of study, and NLP is is a study, and then you align it with and layer it with lots of other things. Um, it, you can make a huge, huge difference to the results for for you and, of course, for for the patients that you serve, whether that be in the hygiene surgery or or the dental surgery. And and when yeah. I do have similar communication training courses, workshops, one to one conversations, um, where we we pick up on 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 this type of thing. Um, one of the things, though, I think we have to remember is. Um, and, you know, as they say, with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility, right? And sure. when you think about it, when you have a patient locked down in a surgery, you're shining a bright light in their face. You may well be wearing a mask. Um, you're waving weapons of torture in their face. Um, it, it isn't necessarily the number one um, thing that people elect to go and, and, and do or have done to them. That there is there is a huge position of of influence and an implied relationship of trust between dentist and patient. Absolutely. And, and I just think that means that before we heighten people's communication ability to communicate with their patients, and everybody can do it perfectly well, it's just sometimes we have to have different ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, I always ask this question, which is, well, first of all, why? What are your values? What are your what is your purpose? Because I think you've got to get that grounding right. Because just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. And yeah. I think this fits into really the the, the, the bigger um, the bigger thing I observed when I first looked at dentistry by chance. What what is now nearly 11, 11 years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it quite simply, which is, why the hell don't more people go to the dentist? Absolutely. What, why, why is white space even a thing? Why, why do people have to have marketing of a dental practice? And all of this points towards the fact that there is a, there is a disconnect, I think, between what the the public i don't mean necessarily every person but the public there's a disconnect between 
what we're trying to achieve as a profession and the results at the front line with the patients, with, our, with, with the public. And this isn't just a UK thing. I've got clients in, in Switzerland, in Australia, and they still have similar problems. Yeah. So it can't just be an NHS thing. Although I know that factors in there somewhere, but you know, I don't, far as I'm aware, Switzerland's never had a an NHS or equivalent, and yet they still have the same problem. And and from the outside looking in, and there's various, and, and I know you've looked at the same research. There's various bit numbers and bits of research about this, but there is still depending on which report you read, 40, 40 plus percent of the population, including children. Yeah. And that's the bit that really upsets me. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, millions of people that don't attend the dentist regularly and are suffering from preventable diseases and problems, save for the fact that they never went and sat in the dentist or the therapist chair. Yeah. No, I know. That just, just, just sucks, right? It's shocking because it's so accessible as well here in the UK. Um, and I guess a, a reason as well for the Smart Revolution podcast is to to rethink what we are doing. How could we how can we deliver what we're doing? The message is better. And it's by hearing speakers uh, interviewing people like yourselves, Kevin, and Flo, like you just highlighted within what you were saying as you were reflecting back on Flo's podcast recording what mm. she said you although you're trained in NLP it brought it to the front of your mind or maybe you'd shelve that particular point it allows discussions and it allows us to start thinking from what others are saying and what resonates from what others are saying for mm. us to collectively mm. work together to move forward mm. and use this as a as a hub to move. Mm. So what are your thoughts? You mentioned the why. Mm. You know, our decisions instinctively, intuitively are based on a why predominantly mm. now. Mm. How do you feel we could focus on that more as a dental profession to connect with that 40% that aren't coming? And, and let's even look into this even further. The 60% that are coming, what is their uptake on the treatment that they need? Mm. What more can we do as a profession in your eyes to bring those round to being healthier? Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's, that's what I saw, you know. It, it's, it's crikey, I think we're in our 11th year of trading now. You know, that's what I saw when I looked at the profession. And pre previously, my relationship with the dentist was... Um, and as it happens, my, 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 my best mate is a dentist. That's how I got into this. And I'd sat in a chair and watched my children in the chair or, or sat in the chair and got the hell out. Um, and it was only when I looked from the outside in, as you say, that it started to reveal um, some, some huge questions. Now, going back to your question is what, 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 what can we do? Well, there's 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 an awful lot of things we can do and 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 it would take an awful lot of time to to distill it all down to 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 the minutiae of everything but i i think there are things that we can do on a local sort of you know conversational basis patient by patient for example yeah so even just the sequencing of and i think it flow said, said something this obviously is is therapist talk right you said something called show tell do that's yeah. how you're trained right tell show do yeah 
I think I get the gist of what you're saying yeah. with, with that, even without the training. And 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 actually, even the very sequencing of what you say and how you say it, grounded in why you say it, can have a difference between a patient feel like they're being given an instruction, a command, yeah. compared to something which actually speaks to both both sides of the brain, if you like. The, 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 the rational bit of the brain that doesn't want to have blood in the sink when you brush your mm. teeth, right? And yet the emotional bit of the brain that kind of wants you to get the hell out of there mm. because dentists and, and, and the people that work in dental practice are, is are, is are, I'm not saying they are, by the way, but this is the kind of memes and the prejudices. Mm. They're, all, they're all chasing the money. And, and so, so even at that very lo local level, right in the conversations in the surgery, there are things that we can do. Absolutely. Okay. But Does do that you, make sense? Yeah, 100% makes sense. But Kevin, can I just highlight one challenge that I feel that where we are where we are and why we um, are exploring constantly enhancing our communication skills and being more effective with behavioural change is as a dental profession, we have to fully inform and quite rightly so, every patient so they can make a fully informed decision and within that comes all the criteria to fully explain every element so the patient feels as fully informed as they quite rightly as I've said should be but then being able to adapt that and be effective with our communication to have that enhanced motive to stimulate their change yeah. and make the right decisions right for them rather than be fully informed but telling them what um, we can do and all the things that are needed for them isn't going to stimulate the change because it's not that instinctive why within them, right? It, 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 it isn't because and I think you can actually separate, separate. Um, there's, there's two conversations, of course. There is the consent conversation. Of course, yeah. Which, which obviously has to be there and there's a reason for that. And absolutely. But the consent conversation itself, it, it, it isn't that, it isn't that sexy. It's it's serving a purpose, right? Yeah. To tick all the boxes of consent, which of course are required. But think about it. You 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 you've got to get that internal and you know endorphin release internally. That that yes. release of dopamine to make that decision. I love that. We need you to can work on that. It, yes. Right? Yeah. So you know, it doesn't matter how many boxes you want me to tick, or or or, or sign a piece of paper, or. You're going to point out the advantages and disadvantages of that treatment over that treatment over that treatment, let alone the money. Okay, um, until I'm ready to process all that, I cannot process all of that. And and of course, generally in in, in a in a in a dental surgery, the person that knows the most about the dentistry is the bloke talking about it. Exactly. Which is great if you're the kind of patient that wants to hear everything about root canal. Mm or fissure sealants, or the benefits of seeing the mm. hygienist. But, and, what, but what if you don't? Yeah, and it's <laughs> creating, yeah, it's creating that pathway. I love what you've just said. Creating, you know, that emotional and releasing those hormones that stimulates that change, building as a profession the right pathway to link all of these elements together to then get to the point of the consent, which is... Essential element. We never want to ever risk loop or eliminating any part of what we are required to do as a profession to fully inform the patient. But building on that prior to that, 
to help. Victoria, it's it's almost like the to me the the, the consent process, the formal bits really in the mind of the patient should really just logically ratify and justify the decision that they've made because the decision is made at an emotional level right right you know that that's 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 the limbic system system firing off firing off all the right buttons to make that decision so again you know i think we can get bogged down in explaining everything which is great if you need to know everything to make a decision. Equally, if you explain everything to someone that doesn't, the decision to actually then go ahead, which of course then is followed with the consent process, the consent forms or whatever. Mm. But if I just need to know, okay, do I trust Victoria to look after me as a patient? Yes or no? Then of course you will then have your processes to go through but I can't process all of that until I've actually decided, and this is this is me as a human being trusting another human being to stick his or her hands in my mouth. If I haven't got that, then neither your consent process is, is not relevant because I'm not going to consent to it anything anyway, and neither is your marketing. Because, and this is the elevating it back up to the, the, the big huge conversation the big question which is why the hell don't more people go to the dentist yeah this 40 percent or, or more that, that don't attend regularly okay and let's accept there are pockets within the, those millions of people it's purely a it could be an, an absolute priority of an, an affordability issue but that can't be all of that 40 percent and i'm not saying we should dismiss the affordability issues far from it People are homeless on the streets. Christ, they need they need their teeth looking after. How we get access to them is is, is another conversation. But but the people that aren't attending the regularly, or the people that do come into the dentist, and you offer to help them, but they say yes to you, but at the desk they walk out the door never to be seen again. What the hell has happened? And it can't be that these people that either aren't attending or don't return do not understand. In, in 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 their from their point of view what it is that you're going to do or want to do or could do or can do no but it's down right? to how they feel absolutely and, and 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 anyone that's listened to simon Sinek, because he's kind of you know he's kind of built a brand on this is people you know and i am quoting not plagiarizing people do not buy what you do they no. do not buy dentistry they buy why you do it and that why, that sense of purpose is, is a feeling and it's an emotion and it comes from the limbic system and, and it has to build a feeling of trust. And if we look back in the 11 years I've been in, in, in the profession, I think what we've done really, really well because of technology, because we have um, the gloves are off and we're allowed to do it, and because we have, you know, everyone's got a phone in their pocket and because of social media, We've got really, really good at saying this is what happens when you go to the dentist. Mm. Okay. And you might be thinking, well, that's fine if you've got a queue out the door of people who have elected to come to you to have their teeth straightened or whitened. Fine. It's working. Okay. But it isn't working enough because understanding what you could do for me as a profession isn't going to get me through the door if I just don't 
don't trust it. And it's no different to, I'm, I'm being careful not to name names now because I'm sure they have huge legal teams, but you know, one particular supermarket, they are absolutely, to me, the supermarket of the last resort. Okay. Yeah. And even though what they do is very similar to the two or three competitors down the road, okay, and the only ostensible difference is the colour of their logo, because it's not the price, the price is the same. I, I pretty much will boycott that particular business, that supermarket, because I don't trust them, because I've had experiences of them, um, you know, really, really um, disadvantaging their supply chain and making people homeless as a result. I've used to finance businesses that sold to supermarkets and the way they treat them is awful. And that, and people know about that now, you know, fair, fair price for people producing milk and all the rest of it. And we've heard about stories about wonky carrots, right? So, so it, it's, it, it isn't just about anymore and it never has been, but it's becoming popular and fashionable and acceptable to the point that it's almost a cliche to say that you have to have a purpose. And you always did have to have a purpose. And when I look at from, from the outside looking in, when I used to work in the banking and the finance world, 30 years ago, the way that we marketed even high street banking was to say, well, this is what we do. Right. We're, now open, we're now open on Saturdays, wow. Um, you now get a little plastic card, a debit card, and, and, and ours is blue and theirs is orange, and we're open on a Saturdays and you get this <laughs> amount of interest. And, and that was all you had to do. But at the same time, what was happening was those same organisations were, were, were gambling our money away in the city and, and they were mis-selling as payment protection insurance. Um, they were taking people out of final salary pension schemes and flogging them a private pension scheme. Right? All these things happened. I was there. I was in it. I refused to do it because of my values. Um, but 30 years later, because of what happened in the past, rarely, and I can't think of, I ever have recently seen a bank positioning in itself or promoting itself by explaining what a bank does. Yeah. And see where we're going with this. Definitely. Right? So to quote Nat West, and I yeah. can quote this because it's public information, you know, they're even using it in their strap line for people with purpose, mm. whatever the hell that means. Right. So what they're saying is you can trust us again now, even though fundamentally what we do isn't any different, but we want you to sort of connect with us emotionally. Yeah. So that's why you have big organizations sponsoring grassroots sports for example mm. right or you have barclays um you know you, you know barclays don't they're not a bank anymore they now train you know my grand my parents to use the internet right this, and, and and getting kids life skills it's got nothing to do with what they do exactly right so so, it... so what, what, what what to me what this points towards is that dentistry has a I'm torn whether it's a PR or a reputation issue, but but if you if you've been banging on the same message for 30 years and we're not really getting through to that, what was 50 that might now be 40% of the population that don't attend the dentist regularly, mm. to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result is, as Einstein 
it's claimed to have said, but it's never actually been proven, right? <laughs> but, but I like the fact he might have said it. You know, no one's to keep it. doing the same, to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. It's bonkers. Right, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there are, of course, many, many, and the dental profession as a whole have advanced hugely, and we continue to advance year in, year out, doing marvellous things. But there's such an area to still develop and improve in to reach that area. So what you've just highlighted, Kevin, I think is a perfect comparison and an example to maybe think about within our strategy to connect with the public, not continuously talking about what we're doing, but why and creating that story and that narrative. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and this isn't going to distill down to a list of top 10 tips. It's not going to no. be what to do with your recalls in the yeah. morning. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I and I, I, I get all that. I deal with those things on a daily basis. But if you really, really want to make a difference, I think we we will look back at this decade, and I feel really old when I say this now, the 20s, and we will see a continuation of something that started certainly in my lifetime, but 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 it's become more and more to, to the front. So and I, and I think it's driven by the fact that um our, our, our planet is in a bit of a pickle, yeah. um, to put it mildly. And it's okay to talk about that now, where it was probably uncool 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's okay to talk about the environment. It's okay to talk about purpose. And you don't sound like a, a weirdo anymore. Okay, it's, it's, main, it's mainstream. Exactly. And, it's more uh, accepting, isn't it? People expect and, and, it. Yeah, so for, for example, I, I think you've probably got, where I wrote about this last year, which means I think we're probably about halfway through something like an 18-month, two-year window where you can differentiate yourself with with environmental stuff, shall we say, okay? Because mm. patients are starting to hold dental practices to account, for example, with what is going to happen to that plastic cup I've just used once. What do I do with those little brushes I use at home? I don't really want to throw them into the bin. So now we're seeing, for example, these, these TerraCycle boxes in, in, in some practices where you can now dispose of and um in in, in, a, in, a, in a responsible way those plastics are, are, are dealt with and that's a very local example to me of saying okay we believe in this this is our yeah. purpose yeah and, and 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 it's become mainstream now the the, the, the what i think you're also going to see is that the the generation that have always had a always had access to the internet and I'm thinking of my children, millennials, um, you know, in their 20s now, they're going to be in their 30s soon. They are going to be um, making, continuing to making purchase decisions, and they're going to be a huge part of the economy, the economy which includes going to the dentist. Yeah. That generation are absolutely clued into this thing we talk about, purpose. Mm. And they make decisions based upon it. Very and true. They will, and they will boycott businesses that they don't feel are aligned with their their values. Yeah. Okay? And I so, think I think going back to what you're saying, the environment, the environmental issues are maybe an asset to of what's going on um, to us as a dental profession to connect with our public because it's a joint concern. We both 
emote to it. It's something that brings us together, that we are both all caring for, for our future, for our children's future, the environment. So it's a common ground, a common story that I think is a strength towards bringing us closer together. You, 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 you've hit the nail on the head and, and, and you used the term before I was going to use it, which is, which is common ground. And I'm just going to pick up on that a second. I mean, yeah. I, I talk a lot about this in, with work I do and, and the courses I run. And what, what, what do we mean by that? And what I mean in the context of, of, of developing a dental practice is the overlap between three, three, um, three circles in this Venn diagram, if you like. So one is to to understand what people want. What do people want from going to the dentist? Yeah. Okay. And we've got better at understanding that because when I grew up in the 70s, it was plastic tub chairs. It was horrible brown flock wallpaper. Uh, nobody smiled. People just grunted at you. And I think I was gassed and had my teeth taken out. Right. It didn't, it wasn't a great start. Yeah. And, you know, Fundamentally, we're a bit better than that these days, right? So, You're right. The face of dentistry is it's totally had a facelift from when I qualified. So, it, yeah, look, I love that term. It's had a facelift. I love it. It's great. They've had, it's had a facelift. Um, you, don't, you don't just have to – you can have a website now. The brass plaque is, is, is there for, I guess, for sort of historical reasons. And we actually understand now what people want. Yes. And we spend time understanding what people want. We really care. And, and then, and absolutely, and, and and care in a in a not in a sycophantic way because we're a profession that is about caring. That's the whole blooming point, mm -hmm. right? So we have to understand what people want. We have to overlay that with then delivering what people want consistently and profitably. And the challenge I think for a dental practice, particularly owner owner led dentistry, is how do you create a team? who are delivering what your patients want consistently and profitably, and yet the business owner, if you like, is largely locked away in a, in, in a small room with one particular customer at a time for an hour for eight hours a day. And that creates another challenge. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even, the problem is, though, even if you fix those things, okay, so, and I go back to my supermarket analogy, that supermarket that I avoid delivers consistently what people want, and it delivers an unprofitably, or it does now, it wasn't for a while. Um, but the values of that business are absolutely, in my mind, questionable. And that's my choice as a consumer. So the point where those three things, what do people want? How do we deliver it consistently and profitably? And the values, if you get those three things, to me, that's that's the real common ground. Yeah. And you can't, you can't, and you, if any of those things aren't there, it's not going to happen. If it's not profitable, it won't survive. If it's not what people want, they won't go to it. Mm. If it's not delivered, if it's not delivered consistently and profitably, it'll be chaos. Yeah. Easy, oh. easy, easy to fix, but values. The values. Communicate values. Communicate that, and not, not necessarily what we do. It's evolving to communicate our values and creating that narrative that resonates with the extra 40% that maybe aren't coming to see us now or the others that are not committing to the care that's really required for their oral health and, and stimulating and sparking something within them 
releasing those hormones that are going to stimulate that change and make the public oral health healthier. Love it. Thank well you, said. thank well you said. so much, Kevin, for all your analogies, for what you shared, your insight today. I've loved speaking to you. I'd love to have you on the show again to discuss elements of what we've spoken about today further, um, and allow our listeners to start thinking and transitioning, maybe in in how they've been approaching things. And to constantly change. Change is a good thing and constantly enhancing what we're doing. And it's only by these conversations and reflection can we start to really move things forward as we know. So thank you so much, Kevin. Um, it's now the Smile Revolution fire round. Can I ask you, Kevin Rose, where would you like to see dentistry 10 years from now? More people regularly attending the dentist more people let's let's get into that 40 percent and it's it will only happen if we have some fundamentally different ways of approaching and fixing what is a fundamental problem that's 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 what i that's what i do in my business i just don't happen to be qualified to do the dentistry bit and and that that's what that's what motivates me but you are so qualified from your 10, 11 years of experience, from reading the testimonials of what other dental professionals are saying about you. Hence, I'm so happy that we've been fortunate enough to have this conversation today. And thank you for all you've shared. And if anybody wishes to get in contact with Kevin, his website is www.roseand.co. And please also feel free to connect with Kevin through the Smile Revolution podcast. I will be sharing all of his links after the podcast about the, um, about the about section about this podcast recording. So thank you, Kevin, for your time and sharing all you have. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and leave a review. I can't wait to learn how this recording has impacted you. Don't forget to take advantage of the incredible 50% off subscriber offer on the special training at the Dense Blycerona Academy on the 27th of March, 2020. Visit densepliceserona.com forward slash revolution and enter the promo code SMILE5 when you book. And lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe and follow the Smile Revolution on social media for more content. Please engage in the comment section. I will read all and respond to as many as possible. The podcast audio is available on all major platforms and video content on the podcast can now be found on the Smile Revolution YouTube channel. To stay up to date on all Smile Revolution projects, subscribe to the Smile Revolution newsletter by emailing info at smile-revolution.net stating subscribe to newsletter. Thanks so much for joining me and being part of the Smile Revolution.